0: Hello, everyone. We are super excited to have you here again for the second episode of Latinx Women at Georgetown. Today, we are pleased to welcome Dr. Lisa Perez. She is an assistant principal at a school in California, and we are so lucky that she got the time to be with us today. Um, so, thank you so much, Dr. Perez, and go ahead and introduce yourself and give us all your history. We would love to learn from you.
1: My name is Elisa Perez. My pronouns are she hers and I'm really excited to be here. I graduated in 2005 which seems like an eternity ago from Georgetown College. I was a sociology and Spanish double major with a minor in English.
0: Thank you. Okay, and then our first question is, what was your role as a student at Georgetown University?
1: Um, I I was a first-generation student, so I was the first in my entire family, not just um, immediate family, but my entire family to graduate from high school, um, to go to college, and my role really as as someone who who didn't know what they were going to get into um, was survival. Um, I grew up in El Monte, um, which is about 12 miles east of downtown Los Angeles my entire life, and and that was my world, so my entire world was, was El Monte. Um, I had been on a plane before, and that plane was to go to Washington, D.C. Um, through through my Upward Bound program in high school, so they're the ones that, that showed me that there was something else besides El Monte, and I fell in love with Georgetown. Um, in terms of what I considered my role to be really um, it it was survival. I I missed my family back then. um, There were no cell phones. Um, I remember having to get calling cards to be able to to call home and I think that that my role really became um, trying to find a community at Georgetown and if anything I think that's what made Georgetown and, and continues to make Georgetown such a special place in my heart. I, I was able to find community. It was a small community, a very a very small community. And and I wish that community could have been bigger, but the community that was there, um, our BIPOC folks, right? Our 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 people of color um were the ones that made Georgetown home. And that stemmed from from staff folks, um, folks at um CMEA who who really took the time to not only um, try to mentor me but took me in as one of their own Um, uh, folks that that I love dearly that um that came to to my wedding you know that flew across the country to come to my wedding once I got married who flew across the country um to come to my graduation um when I got my doctorate um it's that community that that made Georgetown a home so my role was really surviving trying to trying to survive trying to finish um and trying to find folks that that could mentor that who could guide me and i was very fortunate that i did find those people um and people who i still continue to to hold um to hold closely and dearly and 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 just also just trying to trying to leave my mark and i think at the time um I say that because I didn't really know what that was. You know, like I didn't really know back then what, what me being there meant, right? And now that I look back um, and I really think about it, I know that my, my role and my place at Georgetown was also to, to educate others, right? I learned so much from those professors, so much. But I realized that as a first gen <laughs> um, Chicana who, who had never really gone anywhere, that I had something to share too, and and I hope that um, that with my volunteer service, that with my work, and, and most of all my work ethic. My parents, my dad in particular, always said, "If you're gonna do something, Mija, he's like, make sure you do it right." So I really tried to do as best as I as I could, you know, to to make to make the people back at home even proud too. Because when when someone leaves that tight knit community. Um, And when someone graduates from high school and graduates from college, it's not really just for that person, but it's for the entire community. So when I graduated from Georgetown, I graduated for um, Don Manuel, who lives across the street from my house (laughs) in El Monte, who who was cheering me on just as happily and as proud as my own dad was. There were over 25 people at my graduation from Georgetown. Many had never even been on a plane before but it was that pride. So what was my role? My role was to survive. You better survive because my dad said it many times. He's like, if you're going to go, he's like, you need to finish, you know? And there were times when I just wanted to stay home and he's like, nope. He's like, you made a decision. So you go and and I went.
0: Thank you so much for that insight. And then did you experience pushback from professors, staff or other students for being a Latina? I'm going
1: to be honest with you. I, I was very... Fortunate in the sense that I did have that, that community. I did have Mecha, I did have um, CMEA. And in terms of pushback, I don't know if I knew what pushback was as an 18 year old um, who had never left her, her city before her community. So I knew what being welcomed meant. You know, I knew what it felt like when when people would reach out and try to support you. So those were the individuals who I sought out. So in terms of pushback, if if someone wasn't able to help me, then I would go to those folks who could. And there were a lot of people who were willing and ready to help me. Our professors from um, the Community Scholars Program, right? Who are always available to support me, um, who are always available to help and even those connections that, um, that I had made when I was an Upward Bound and had been able to go to, to Georgetown for the summer, um, I, I tried to go that route in terms of the folks who were willing to help. Um, folks knew that I was a community scholar. So I think that if anything, it carries something positive in the sense of maybe this kid has no clue what they're doing. So let me try to reach out a little bit more. And, and that was helpful. So being part of the community scholars program was extremely helpful and in terms of pushback i don't think i felt it in the sense of i went to folks who were willing to help me so i, I looked for those individuals and if i was having trouble in a, a course i would i would go to the people who could help me i would go over to CME and say you know what i'm having a lot of trouble and this calculus class and and I need support and, and they would help me. I remember one year I was taking a course, short course in calculus and I was just having such a difficult time. And I remember going over to Charlene Brown-McKenzie at CMEA and I told her I had no clue what I was doing. Within two days, I had a personal private tutor who worked at NASA who was helping me on my calculus homework. So this individual like, CMEA and Charlene set it up that within a matter of days, I was having someone tutor me privately, individually every day to try to help me pass that class. So I really went to the folks who were ready to help me. And um, if I did feel pushback, I just I probably just ignored it. I went to someone who I knew could help me. So in that sense, um, I was very fortunate. And, and now thinking back on it, very blessed, blessed that there were so many people who cared about me and my well-being.
0: I think that's something that's really important, even still at Georgetown. Um, so how would you describe your undergrad years?
1: I think sometimes my, my comadres um, from Georgetown, my best friends, we we laugh about it because I think it's, it's somewhat of a big blur. I think that folks try to block out memories and at some point can probably be even a little bit painful. But it was difficult because I was away from home. You know, I, I had never left before. And now thinking back, like, if I knew what I knew now, what I know now, would I do it? And I'm not so sure. I'm not so sure. I have my own daughter now. And um my husband's like, Well, well she can probably go to Georgetown too. And I don't know if I want her to to go because it was difficult. It was difficult because I, I didn't have my family, because I didn't know anyone, because back then it was a lot harder to communicate with folks. And um, I had a hard time. The classes were extremely difficult. My straight A's that I earned in high school didn't exist at Georgetown. I, I was the top of my class in high school and middle school and everything I did, it was it was always at the top of my class and it was like always perfect because I considered myself an idealist. Like I really tried, try my hardest and it felt that when I was trying my absolute hardest at Georgetown, I wasn't cutting it. I tell folks that I've never worked so hard for B minuses before in my life. And that's what I was hanging, hanging to, you know, by a thin string. Like I was, I was working so hard and I, I was barely getting by that first year with the B minuses. It wasn't until folks really um, took me under their wing and, and guided me. I didn't know what office hours were like, what the heck were office hours? You know, like <laughs> I didn't know that students were supposed to go to office hours and try to create those relationships um, with their professors, or at least try to be more intentional. Um, those are the things that, that had to be, taught to me. I remember um, a a friend in, um, not a friend, well, just like my neighbor in the dorm had mentioned something about there being a lady who would help students um, with disabilities, um, but that she would help everyone. Like you didn't have to have a disability and you just have to go sign up on her door. And I remember I, I had been getting Bs and Cs on all of my writing assignments and I was having a very hard time. And I went to her. I signed up on her door and um, through the Academic Resource Center, I signed up on her door. And back then, you didn't send papers through the computer, <laughs> you, you printed them out. And I remember I showed her my paper and she walked over, made a copy of it, um, gave me a clipboard and she had a clipboard and we read my paper, word for word, line by line, paragraph by paragraph. And it was the first time in my life that someone had had been so intentional about trying to help me and would ask me like leading and guiding questions in the sense of, does this make sense to you? And and I remember that I did everything she told me to, and then she's like, okay, now you're ready to go to office hours. And she then what I was working on, um, and and we were able to, I was able to to explain what I was doing, what I was hoping to earn. And the first time I ever got an A on anything at Georgetown. It was the first time, I think it was like towards sophomore year, like end of freshman year, but it was because of those those relationships. Um so in terms of undergrad years, they were um they were tough because I didn't know how to do things, but they were also heartwarming because the folks were able to help me out little by little. Um something sometimes folks take for granted that you may know but young people and especially our our students of color they don't know what they don't know so it's up to up to educational leaders to make sure that that they're teaching and supporting our, our our students who come from marginalized communities those who are most vulnerable to show them the steps to guide them the steps that's a that's our moral responsibility and especially at a as a at a Jesuit institution, it should really be like a moral obligation to, to help, to help, to support, um, to be intentional about supporting our, our BIPOC um, folks.
0: Thank you. And then if you could have advocated for something at GU, what would it be and why do you think it's important for other Latinx women slash allied students to continue to, to fight for this issue?
1: I think one of the, the biggest things, um, and I think that there are great programs in place already at Georgetown. Many programs that I benefited from um, firsthand, community scholars, right, an awesome program. Um, and I think that, that that's where it's stemming from, that we really be in, need to be intentional, that folks need to be intentional, especially uh, at a place like Georgetown about supporting um, students of color, students who come from marginalized communities. Um, and Community Scholars is great, but we need more students of color, right? I remember sitting in, in those classes and I was the only person of color. And I'm saying the, in, in terms of person of color, there were no other um, Black students in some of the classes that I took. And, and that is also extremely important folks students need to see people who look like them we had during my time at georgetown one (laughs) one um latinx professor and that was um dr ortiz like one really like out of everyone we only had one georgetown needs to be more intentional about intentional about hiring and recruiting people of color um to to um to work with students right so and like I said I didn't know anything back then in terms of of um no you know what and then we had Professor Velez but I never had Professor Velez as a professor I had Ortiz so let me take that back scratch that scratch that um there weren't enough let's just put it that way um if I could advocate for anything um while I was there and even now is um, for Georgetown to be more intentional about um, recruiting and hiring um, more people of color at all levels in terms of um, leadership and in terms of um, being uh, professors and in different departments. So definitely being more intentional, intentional about their hiring and recruiting practices. And
0: thank you. And then this question wasn't on there, but I thought about it. Um, I'm not sure if I'll add this to the recording. So, um, just so in this article that I read, it's not an article, it's more like a passage in a book. Um, so, it was talking about how there's a difference between the Latin American students that come from like the international students, because those are the elite Latinx, right? So, did you notice, was there any elite Latinx when you were? A undergrad student, and what, did you feel like there was a difference, or was it kind of just like everybody felt the same?
1: There was definitely um, a difference between the the Mecha students um, and the Lasa students, <laughs> right? Um, and uh, there was a divide. the The some of the students, not all, not all, right? And um, but some of the students that were coming in as international students did come from. Um, from a more privileged background, um, but but that also that was also the case with a lot of our even in terms of like the the community scholars or the metro students there were there were differences between all of us. Um, we say Latin, Latinx, right? But there's a giant difference between um, folks from California and folks from Texas and folks from New York and folks from Florida. So there were, there were differences, but that's also kind of a beauty of, of being able to, to go to school with different cultures and different personalities and, and different people. But um, I don't necessarily think that there was a difference between, um, like let's say, um, color or culture, right? But there was definitely a difference in terms of privilege and in terms of um, how much money you came from. I think that, that that if anything, that's the difference between um, the students of color that were, you know, the, that that um, that were part of like community scholars, or versus our the international students who were were coming from a more privileged background. But that's also the case for the students at Georgetown in general. A lot of students do come from that that privileged background and um, are born, bred, and raised to go to places like Georgetown. And then there are the others, you know, we have the haves and the have-nots <laughs> and um, the have-nots are the ones that have um, maybe some more, a more difficult time trying to fit in, a more difficult time um, trying to survive, right? Um, but it's also what comes out of that. And um, if I learned one thing at Georgetown, it was this idea to give back, right? So I and give back and, and service for others, I did come back. Um, I felt that El Monte had helped me and prepared me to go to a place like Georgetown, but it was also my duty and obligation to return back to my community and to give back. So even now, um, as a Georgetown grad, I, I I take pride in what I'm doing. I get to work with students. I get to work with students who look like me, who, who speak like me, who are the same background as me. Um, and I do that um intentionally. I, I choose to work in the types of community that I work in. I, I work in um in high poverty areas. I work with predominantly students of color. I also have the privilege of working at, at UCLA, which I love too, but I also focus on and on working with folks to I work with um, pre-service teachers, meaning that I work with um, folks who are gonna be teachers next week you know who are preparing to be teachers and one of my big focuses as um as a as a lecturer as a as an adjunct professor is to really show teachers that it's important to create culturally relevant lessons and to make sure that whatever they do in the classroom can help students relate to what's going on in their own lives and maybe that's something else that was missing from Georgetown it's very difficult um to connect, right? It's con- It's difficult to connect with philosophers that that don't sound like you, that that don't speak the same language, that aren't from the same place as you, right? And maybe that's what made Georgetown just so difficult for me as well. It was this idea that I couldn't relate. Sometimes, most of the time, ninety-nine percent of the time, to the curriculum that was being taught, right? Um, we were studying about philosophers from, from France. I, I I didn't even, I would never been to France yet. The girl next door goes skiing in the winter, you know, (laughs) in France or in Switzerland or Italy. And it's important. It's important to create curriculum that relates to folks. So, um, that's also something that was probably missing a little bit, but something that as, as an educator, I tried to, Try to fight for or try to try to advocate for.
0: Thank you. We just want to thank Dr. Perez for joining us today. Thank you so much for taking the time out of your day to join us. We found all of your information very insightful and really do look forward to making some of the changes that you talked about and incorporating those into our class of 2024 but also asking the other classes to come to incorporate that if we aren't the class to accomplish it Um, once again thank you so much and our listeners please tune in next week for another episode of Latinx Women at Georgetown and do not forget to check out our website where you're able to meet the people that we are interviewing um, like Dr. Lisa Perez, Dr. Gloria Casca. Um, and next week's, um, interviewee, which is Corinne Tapia. We look forward to seeing you next week. Thank you. Have a great one.